0: You know, if you make a joke as bad as a G.I. Jane joke, maybe you deserve to get the shit slapped out of you. That's true. Not
1: bad as in morally bad, but just like functionally lame. Functionally,
0: it was a lame joke. Yeah. Uh, And he deserved to get hit. (laughs) Talk shit, get
1: hit. (laughs) Sure. Hello, Mission Recall listeners. I'm Oriana Schwint.
0: I'm Steve Parkhurst.
1: And today we'd like to discuss the biggest Christmas movie of 1998, Tony Scott's Enemy of the State.
0: (laughs) It's a Christmas movie, folks.
1: It is, and it's uh, one that I hadn't. It's another one that I hadn't seen before. Well,
0: you say that, but I feel like we've been on a run of movies you had seen before.
1: That's true, but a lot of these, I just. Did not, they just were not part of my, uh, I've, I've never seen Con Air for, for instance. So like.
0: Well, and I was talking to a friend of mine uh, and we were kind of, he was mentioning a bunch of movies that I didn't even think of for this podcast. Uh, and most of them I have seen at some point or another, but a lot of them are just like kind of cable staples, mm-hmm. you know, ones you would see in passing.
1: I feel like this one either wasn't really in rotation on, or I just didn't notice it in rotation on on like AMC FX, like when I back when I actually had cable. I think it,
0: it might have been like either an AMC or USA TNT. or TNT or one of those. I do think it had a rotation. I don't think it was as heavy as a lot of others. Yeah
1: or for, maybe it was or maybe it was before i had maybe cable
0: for whatever reason i saw this movie a lot as a kid and i genuinely can't remember if we had this on vhs or if i just saw it on cable a lot but i really liked it like i was a big fan of this movie
1: do you remember what it was that drew you to this movie as cuz like i feel like the themes of like state surveillance although you were like very anti-Iraq war and everything, so like...
0: Sure, but we're talking about like when it came out, like right, 98, 98, 99, so no, I wasn't...
1: nine eleven world, yeah. where you re- you weren't overly concerned with uh, the, the the state security apparatus?
0: Not as such, <laughs> no. Uh, no, I, I think it was just because it's fast and colorful and violent and a lot's going on. It sort of scratches that same itch that like Armageddon did for mm, me, where yeah. it's just like crazy shit's going down and i'm yeah. having fun. i wasn't thinking much more deeply than that about it. Yeah. But we are going to talk about how much this movie predicted because it's kind of galling.
1: <laughs> it's scary in a lot of ways and also it is interesting the ways in which like it predicted a lot of things but also we now surveil ourselves. Like now it's surveillance capitalism and we don't even really need the surveillance state and if for some reason blockchain becomes a a real part of the fabric of our lives. I don't think it will at this point, but like then you really don't need any kind of surveillance at all. It's all just there. It's all
0: just a public ledger. Yeah, it did miss that.
1: I don't think it missed it. It's simply like, you know, how, it, could it? how could it? It 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 predicted into the future. It predicted the Patriot Act, but like we have now moved beyond the patriot act
0: so we'll do a quick synopsis on this one because it's probably been a while since most people have actually seen this movie it, it never really had like a resurgence uh, to speak of i think yeah. people liked this movie and it was very popular at the time yeah but it hasn't really stuck around in the public consciousness
1: not quite as much as it probably should have.
0: Right. It's it's really well made, but we'll we'll get into that. The story revolves around Will Smith uh, as a labor lawyer who is dealing with some shady mob figures. Uh, and he's out lingerie shopping for his wife and <laughs> runs into Jason Lee, who is all panicked and running. And Jason Lee leaves something in his bag that he doesn't notice. And he becomes a target of the NSA as they try to recover this mysterious MacGuffin that has been left in uh, Will Smith's bag.
1: And now, why are are they looking for the MacGuffin?
0: Because it contains a very HD footage of a U.S. Senator or Congressman of some yeah. kind being murdered by John Voigt, uh, John Voigt's character, not the actual. John Voight. I
1: mean, I wouldn't put it past John Voight.
0: John Voight's definitely killed a man at some point.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: So anyway, John Voight and his goons try to chase him down, and Will Smith has to enlist the help of Gene Hackman, who uh, plays Brill, who is sort of an ex-NSA spook who is now become an anti-government kind of conspiracy theorist living in a cage in industrial baltimore and they have to go on the run and escape from the nsa and then eventually clear defeat their names, yeah clear yeah. their names and defeat the nsa that's kind of the general gist of it
1: yeah i think that's enough yeah. enough information yeah. everyone is in this movie
0: literally every person if you're thinking of an actor right now they were in enemy of the state
1: jack black oh he's there Scott Kahn, he's there. Uh, Mr. Blanky from The Terror, season one. Oh, he's there.
0: We got Barry Pepper, Jake Busey, Jason Lee. Regina King. Jamie Kennedy. Anna Gunn.
1: Lisa Bonet. <laughs> it's just, it's absolutely everyone. It's it's truly astonishing.
0: It's kind of wild. And how many of these guys went on to big fame or at least kind of B-level fame? Yeah,
1: this was this was before uh, My Name is Earl.
0: Yeah. Uh, Seth Green, did we mention oh, him? No, we didn't mention Seth
1: Green. Uh, uh, this was like right around the time he started appearing on Buffy. So yeah. like huge couple of years for, for Seth Green.
0: Tom Sizemore? here as the sweatiest italian you've ever seen he's the wettest italian he
1: didn't he didn't meet my ex oh oh uh, shit who is the wettest real italian (laughs) i can say that because there's no way he listens to this podcast
0: and if you do sorry man that was her words not mine (laughs) it's fine as a fellow sweaty man i i do (laughs) uh sympathize
1: i do have a type Apparently. <laughs> Just sweaty guys.
0: Sweaty white guys.
1: Um, but yeah, everyone is in this movie. And what I really like about Regina King in particular is she plays Will Smith's wife and she isn't a shrew. Yeah. That's so nice. And she not only is she not a shrew, she isn't like a caricature of a black woman no. either. It is kind of astonishing to me. You know, you think of the 90s as a very racist time. Sure. Um, but like... A lot of the films that we've been watching and a lot of the TV that I remember from the time was pretty organically diverse. Yeah. Like, this is a movie about a prosperous black lawyer and his wife, who is also a prosperous prosperous black, black black lawyer. It's kind of nice that we get to have that
0: What's interesting too is that Voight and his goons are all white. Yeah, like all the they're like supporting really actors, white, super too. white. Yeah, <laughs> they're like Gary. The,
1: they're uh, they're Jake Busey white. Yeah, they're yeah.
0: they're Jack Black white. So I feel like there are a lot of different kind of little topics I want to cover here because you know we talked about the cast, but also the themes and just how big uh, Gene Hackman and Will Smith were oh at God. the time,
1: which is why. So before we get into that, I kind of want to talk about structure a bit. Sure. Because I liked this movie a lot, but I did kind of, I found myself feeling a little restless in the first kind of hour of the movie. It's its not like crazy long. It's like two hours and 13 minutes, 12 yeah. minutes or so, which is a perfectly reasonable length for a movie. And I was trying to figure out why I was feeling restless because like the first hour of this movie is well shot there's a lot of stuff happening there's a yeah. lot of stuff being set up and i think maybe too much is being set up and the biggest problem for me is that we, will smith is not meeting gene hackman until at least an hour in
0: i think it's something like 51 52 oh, really? minutes it in it feels uh, longer even that though that's that's not entirely true i think our first sighting of gene hackman is like 51 yes minutes okay
1: in. so the team up the real yeah. team up doesn't happen until like pretty far into the movie and i feel like the core of this movie should have been will smith and gene hackman teaming up you've got like a weird odd couple dynamic between them almost men in blackish
0: well and yeah that's kind of why i wanted to talk about will smith and his career up to this point because will smith is great with older white men
1: but he provides a really excellent foil
0: and he's just like with gene hackman and Tommy Lee Jones. It just worked it's so well. Very similar well. dynamic. Very similar, and I wish there had been more of that. I feel like he didn't realize the full potential of that really solid dynamic. That's the
1: movie. That's the movie, yeah. and I, I wonder if like maybe the screenplay was written before Will Smith was attached or something. Like
0: I think so. Uh, I think I saw somewhere actually that Tom Cruise was originally going to be the that Will Smith makes character. S-
1: So much sense, right? Which Tom Cruise had
0: worked with Tony Scott uh, before this, so
1: Top Gun. In case anyone is unaware of the connection, so yeah, you
0: know, I think Ridley Scott gets most of the attention of the two Scott brothers, and (laughs) rightly so. Ridley Scott's amazing, but Tony Scott was no slouch. What Tony Scott really excelled at was sort of the mid-tier in terms of budget. Like his movies were action packed and a lot going on, Mm. but he never really did like the huge mega budget, uh, blockbusters mm. that ridley did mm. uh so just some examples like you mentioned top gun
1: was top gun kind of a mid-budget i i like genuine question i i don't actually i
0: actually don't know uh what the i think that was one of his bigger budget movies probably uh but there was that beverly hills cop two days of thunder true romance crimson tide
1: oh he did true romance yeah, okay yeah.
0: Man on Fire, Domino, Deja Blue, oh, yeah. The Dude, Taking of Pelham 123 Remake.
1: The original Top Gun was only $15 million. Yeah. Huh.
0: So he didn't do yeah. like huge movies, but he kind of hit that sweet spot that he used to be able to do of mm-hmm. like, you know, a. a bigger movies
1: that look pretty expensive yeah
0: enemy of the state looks pretty expensive there's a lot going on but comparatively certainly compared to some of the shit like gladiator you know that his brother was doing at the time you know it's not the same not quite uh playing field Uh, but he was really good at kind of wringing the most out of it like you see all the money of these movies Mm -hmm. on screen like he gets a lot
1: there is also tonally the feeling and this is like established in kind of the opening credits where actually like it it feels like this could have been a TV series this feels like they could have stretched this out into a whole full television series and like I think part of that is the Jerry Bruckheimer of it all yeah he was an executive producer there's a lot of elements of this that are very csi-ish just uh, visually not like
0: yeah no not really procedurally tonally, yeah but being of Bruckheimer so he produced this and it does feel like Tony Scott walked so Jerry Bruckheimer could run mm. uh, cuz it's a similar style of like maximalist filmmaking where just throw it Everything. all in there fill so many dutch
1: angles <laughs>
0: Dutch angles, low angles, helicopters popping up into shots, like zooming in, Mm -hmm. zooming out.
1: Yeah, all the helicopter stuff.
0: Cutting in all this, like, satellite footage and Mm -hmm. kind of grainy, you know, security camera footage. Like, get every angle, get all the coverage. Uh, (laughs) I can't imagine what it was like to edit a Tony Scott movie. Oh, Jesus. Fun and exhausting at the same time, I'm I'm sure. sure. But, like, yeah, the guy... Could do a lot with you know a relatively limited budget, yeah. which I is nice. I think that's why,
1: like Scott Free, the production company ended up doing a lot of TV, sure. uh, including The Good Wife, huh. uh, which oh, is one of my favorite shows. Hmm. I think you can see that sensibility here, yeah, uh, really on display. We were talking a little bit about how there's elements of like a proto-born that's in between the fugitive. And born identity yeah. in terms of like, if you look at them as kind of a continuum, I don't know why you would, but like if you wanted to.
0: No, I think I think that's a really good point because The Fugitive was sort of the apotheosis of regular guy in a pickle.
1: Yeah, just you know, he, a guy in a pickle. He
0: has to clear his name, you know, <laughs> yeah. he didn't kill his wife. And this is very much...
1: Will Smith didn't cheat on, or he did cheat on his wife. He did cheat on his
0: wife, but not recently. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, he had to clear his name, and he's just a guy. He's a labor lawyer. And then by the time you get to Born Identity, you do start to get the superheroification of your leads Mm -hmm. where. It starts out that Bourne is just a guy, but then it turns out oh he's a super spy and he kind of becomes
1: indestructible, yeah, basically.
0: Uh, especially as the series went on, and like now, of course, it's all superheroes anyway, but like I do miss when it was just a guy in a pickle. That's yeah. that's a fun little subgenre. That
1: is a staple of the nineties, yeah. isn't it? Even like men in black, like, yes, they have more resources than your normal guy. But they're just guys. But they are just guys. Will Smith is not a superhero. No,
0: he can run fast. Like, he chased down the alien at, in the Guggenheim, and that was enough. Like, oh, he can run really fast. Get, get him in. Yeah, and it's like, all right. So it's clearly, like, just guys. And, yeah, there's aliens. But, yeah, other than having resources they're not super powered
1: yeah. guy in a guy in a pickle like yeah. even even something like Armageddon is oh is God. like
0: <laughs> I can't wait to dive into that cuz I I love the idea in Armageddon of it's these drillers these oil rig guys no more than the NASA scientists and Especially that they treat, you know, the people flying the shuttle as, as kind of these NASA nerds. It's like, those guys all came from the fucking Air Force. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're all military trained. Uh, but anyway, we'll get into that when yeah. we do Armageddon, which we should do soon. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to we'll we got to find it. Deep Impact so we can do that. That's all. what it is. Yeah. We is.
1: Well, that'll be a double feature. Yeah.
0: But anyway, yeah, this is sort of that peak guy in a pickle. It was also kind of at the tail end of Will Smith's first big run I mean, of movies.
1: Th- that's insane. Independence Day, Men in Black, and Enemy of the State in three years. Uh,
0: and Cons- you're forgetting, before that, Bad Boys. Bad Boys,
1: which so, is what, 95? Five. five. Oh my God, so, okay. 95,
0: 96, <laughs> 97, 97 98. 98. And then 99 was Wild Wild West, so mm-hmm. that was his first, like, Flaw.
1: kind of stuff which is not his fault even no
0: that no it, like, no it isn't
1: and i know that he tells the story of like turning and down the, the matrix in order oh should we talk about will smith as a person like i mean
0: yeah yeah why not we got
1: we got time we got time uh so yeah we are recording this like what a couple months after will smith smacked the shit out of chris rock <laughs> At the Oscars, which is a truly insane sentence to, to It's say. Yeah, when you
0: just say it out loud, even like
1: to that. this day, that sounds insane. That was a shitty, horrible thing to do, man. What the fuck is wrong with you, like Steve? If you ever, if someone like makes a dumb, bad joke about me, like don't hit them.
0: And just a, just a quick back.
1: No, no, especially don't do That's it. That's my wife. At the Oscars, what the <laughs> fuck. So,
0: no, that's not cool. I mean, it's one of those things where, like, yeah, don't hit other people. That's a pretty.
1: Certainly not on live television. I mean, I
0: personally don't hit anybody. Uh, yeah, in I mean, you, you probably you shouldn't. shouldn't hit other people. Like, that's a lesson you teach your toddler pretty early on. And I I don't think this will last. At the moment, you know, he's having a bunch of his projects canceled or postponed or pushed back or whatever. It does sort of reek of...
1: Performative. It's performative because
0: I know he's not the star he used to be, but Mel Gibson still makes movies.
1: Uh, Yeah. All the time. All. All... The time he gets paid a lot of money to make movies. I yeah, Mel Gibson is worse than Will Smith. Much
0: much much worse. Like yeah, he shouldn't have slapped Chris. No,
1: that's Uh, not okay.
0: But like, I don't know, man. On the scale
1: of crimes, it wasn't a
0: crime. You know, I guess you could say it was assault. But like, Chris Rock has come out and said, like, I you know, we've talked, I've forgiven him, and it's like
1: all right that is the thing it it should be kind of between the two of them yeah
0: and personally i mean you know if you make a joke as bad as a gi jane joke maybe you deserve to get the shit That's slapped true. Out of not
1: it. bad as in morally bad but just like lame. functionally lame L- functionally
0: yeah. it was a lame joke yeah uh and he deserved to get hit <laughs> talk shit get hit <laughs>
1: Sure. At the peak of his powers. Well, and he's another one. Will Smith was not hitting people, as far as I know. The the Scientology thing sucks. That's Uh, the thing. And again, I hope that he stops that.
0: The Oscars incident to me felt like a mask off moment, not for anything truly heinous in terms of kind of Hollywood actors, but mask off in the sense of like Hollywood actors are weird as shit. So there's that Mulaney so bit about weird. about it. <laughs> yeah. uh, who Mulaney in himself is probably pretty goddamn weird. Th-
1: that's the problem. He got famous. He got famous. As
0: a rule, any Hollywood actor you can think of is probably a gigantic weirdo, and there are just a few who aren't, mm-hmm. and they are the exceptions.
1: Yeah, and like you can be a gigantic weirdo and still be like a, a good person. Sure, I'm sure. Paul Rudd is weird, but in a way that is, like, fun. I hope. But even the
0: ones who you can say, like, you stan. uh, (laughs) Uh... You know, like, it seems like I would love to hang out with Paul Rudd, but who the fuck knows, man? He might be a giant weirdo.
1: Yeah. Who knows?
0: And, like, their job is to be charming. Will Smith is incredibly charming on screen. and so He just
1: has it. He has it.
0: You know, if you'd asked me if this was still 1998 and you were like, would you want to hang out with Will Smith? At the time, I would have been like, hell yeah, dude's cool as hell. Right. So to say like, yeah, definitely want to hang out with Paul Rudd. I know nothing about Paul Rudd. I have no... And I don't want to. Yeah, I have no frame of reference. (laughs) Uh, I've never heard anything. So this is all just conjecture. But it's like, maybe just don't hang out with a Hollywood actor. They're probably going to weird you out.
1: It's a corollary to the number meet your hero yeah. type.
0: I've only been pleasantly surprised by one Hollywood actor. I was like a low level crew member on this Bad B movie. <laughs> And he's not even, like, really famous. He was the evil sensei in Karate Kid. I feel like I mentioned this before in another podcast. Mm. Uh, Martin Cove is his name. He's kind of had a resurgence because Karate Kid came back on YouTube and then Netflix. Yeah. And he's on it. And he was a delight. He was still kind of a weirdo. Yeah. To be clear. He was still kind of. Odd, but he was a lovely man. Uh, Yeah, I was driving him to and from set. He went into a Walmart and bought me a copy of Karate Kid and signed it. (laughs) Oh, that's a weird thing to do. It's a super weird thing to do, but it was also very charming. I didn't even ask.
1: (laughs) That's what makes. Of course, I didn't
0: ask. And he was like, "Hey, do you want a copy of Karate Kid?" And I was like, "I mean, sure," thinking he had it on him.
1: Right, right. And
0: he was like, "All right, pull in here." And We pulled into a Walmart. Pulled
1: into a Walmart. Did did he pay for this?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, he paid for it.
1: That's fascinating. We went to, me. to a
0: Whataburger. He paid for that.
1: Oh, that's nice.
0: He gave me a Cuban cigar.
1: Wow. I don't
0: really smoke cigars, but I did. Well, that day. sure. Just stunk up my poor Altima. Oh my
1: God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so you know, it does happen where you'll meet someone who's chill and cool. They are out there.
1: Yeah. They're still a little weird,
0: but. First of all, they're still a little weird, and just odds are they're not going to be chill and cool. They're going to be fucking weirdos in Kinda kind of, like, of an unsettling it's, way. It's
1: like uh, thoroughbred racehorses, you know, <laughs> yeah. bred for a very specific purpose, and like they're absolutely look, gorgeous. Like, do the thing they do really well, but they'll like they'll kick your kick skull you in fucking head.
0: <laughs> this was, you know, kind of the apex of Will Smith. Uh, the millennium True. had begun.
1: Yeah, early. <laughs>
0: yeah, and then he had a little bit of a dip. He did like, uh, you know, Wild Wild West, Legend of Bagger Vance, and kind oh, of. Oh,
1: God, I forgot about the Legend of Bagger yeah, Vance. Yeah, he
0: he did some kind of stinkers and then recovered and has kind of maintained more or less a good career up until 2022 we'll yeah. see what happens i guess that's kind of the question of like racism in hollywood is like will mm-hmm. will he be able to recover like mel gibson has right or is he or any of the other is he doomed to like direct to netflix kind of you know d movies we'll see i i don't know but like i don't think he deserves that
1: not like career not, exile, not for that like, one Jesus. incident
0: you know right like, if
1: there's like if there's more stuff, to it sure, okay we don't know But until then, like this is this is not a career-ending thing. Come on, I mean it was fucking wild. It was
0: wild. It made for great television.
1: But it was definitely like it was the
0: best Oscars I've seen in years.
1: Certainly, like for a while, I was like, you know, nothing could possibly be more insane than them reading the wrong best picture. Best picture. But no. I
0: think even Warren Beatty said something. He was like, well, I'm glad somebody right? finally topped me.
1: Good for you, Warren Which Beatty. Is,
0: yeah. God, he's got to be old. Anyway, you know, back to... Uh, the movie
1: that we're talking uh, about. And me the
0: state. So you've got Will Smith, and he's the biggest movie star in the world at the time. But, you know, Gene Hackman was no slouch.
1: No, I think a lot of them, I do kind of recall the marketing around this movie was very much Gene Hackman and Will Smith, the two guys. Yeah,
0: Gene Hackman had been big since the 70s. You know, he'd done the French Connection and the Conversation. He was really like firing on all cylinders in the 90s. So, you know, to name just a few, he did The Firm, Unforgiven, Wyatt Earp, Quick and the Dead, Crimson Tide, Get Shorty, The Birdcage, Extreme Measures, Absolute Power, the replacements heartbreakers like he he had done a lot of stuff and was a bankable movie star obviously he'd also done superman all the superman movies Mm -hmm. and then you know he did a few movies in the 2000s but retired in like 2004 and just retired he hasn't acted since good for him and like i hope he's
1: enjoying his retirement i
0: hope so too uh you know he's another one where like I hope he's a delightful charming man who knows he could be a giant weirdo but like he's always a delight in every movie he always gives it his all you know Royal Tenenbaums I think is still my favorite Wes Anderson movie and one that we really need to watch because I haven't, because seen, you it. haven't seen it <laughs> but I'm a little hesitant because I love it so much and like it's one of those movies where it's just like do I want to show anyone else or will that like open it up to a new set of eyes?
1: There is also like the thing where you love something and you, you know, even if it's as, as small as a YouTube video or a vine or yeah. something, like we've all had that experience, I think, or even playing someone a song that you love oh, and you're like, Oh my God, this is the best. And you put it on and you can tell within like a few seconds, and you're just fixated on the other person's reaction, and it's like almost always like, "Oh no, it's, they don't like me and now, like they don't like this, and now my taste has been forever like tainted in their eyes, and it
0: just it it's eternal that feeling, even if, oh like, God,
1: yeah, because you can't just turn it off,
0: yeah, just like, oh, never mind. You gotta just you both you, got, you just got to let white knuckles, yeah, oh, it's the worst. and. I... To be clear, I don't think that would be your reaction to the Royal Tenenbaums. bombs. In Probably general, not. you like Wes Anderson yeah, movies? Yeah,
1: certainly while I'm watching them. Yeah. I, I almost, I don't have a bad time while I'm watching them.
0: And I don't think this would be any different. I, you know, I saw it in college uh, when I was a nerdy little film student, so I, I also have that sort of history with it. And, oh, sure. You know, just it being sort of a formative movie for me of like, oh, this is what you can do with film. that,
1: was that? Wes Anderson's kind of first real big like I think Rushmore was his first real
0: big one uh he had done Bottle Rocket and I think a short version of Bottle Rocket I've enjoyed almost all of his movies but that one kind of holds a special place and Mm -hmm. so it's another one it's sort of like that and Assassination of Jesse James where I'm Mm -hmm. hesitant because it's not that I think you won't like them, but it's just like
1: the experience itself of watching a beloved piece yeah. of media or experiencing a beloved piece of media with a person whose opinion matters to you, like that's ooh It can be tough. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot going on there.
0: Yeah. Uh although I mean I showed you Phantom Thread and you love that. I love Phantom Thread. So okay, so we've kinda gone off on a West Anderson. Yeah, <laughs> Tangent for, here
1: for no reason. For no
0: real reason. Anyway, we'll watch Royal Tenenbaums at some point. I'm an <laughs> adult. I I can handle it. Okay. So let's let's talk a little bit about everything that this movie predicted.
1: It's kind of crazy. Uh, the entire surveillance state, the Patriot Act,
0: the Edward Snowden documents. Weirdly, uh, John Voight's character was born on nine eleven.
1: Yeah, nineteen forty. It's very nine eleven
0: nineteen forty. They make a point of mentioning his birth date in the movie. Obviously, that's just a weird coincidence, but it is just like, what?
1: It's so weird. And I wonder, I don't remember much about world events at this time. Were there pre-Patriot Act bills that were like this? Or or was this kind of based on a, a book or, or something?
0: I honestly have no idea. We didn't do any research before this. Trying
1: to do some now, and it's not really working very well.
0: My guess is, yes, there was some kind of general like surveillance apparatus, you know, either bill or actions being put in place by the CIA and the NSA. It's not like 9-11 caused all of this to happen. I think, right. you know... People were worried about bin Laden and and terrorism.
1: Yeah, the the original World Trade 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 bombing was 1993. It is interesting, though, like what this movie does get quite correct is like the Oklahoma City bombing happened in 1995. And no one was really talking about surveilling white supremacists.
0: You know, I'm sure there was other stuff going on because, you know, you did have domestic terrorism with... Uh, Oklahoma City. You also had Waco. I mean, that was the FBI fucking up, but like the Branch Davidians were big fucking weirdos. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you would have in a few years, 9-11. I mean, they bombed that Navy ship uh, in like 98. So that was, I think around when this came out, but like they were on the radar before this. Mm -hmm. Really though, I feel like more than kind of the terrorism angle is just the domestic surveillance,
1: yeah. State. The number of ways that we are tracked in yeah. our daily lives, and yeah. like the they give you such a great rundown of that. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> like it's very thorough, and it kind of goes back to Tony Scott's direction and the editing of like making sure we are aware of all of the very mundane ways that. We are surveilled in our daily lives. I mean, not all of us are under FBI surveillance, like the sure. the restaurant is that Tom Sizemore's mob very bosses, sweaty mob very boss. sweaty mob bosses. Yeah, but, but otherwise, like, yeah, there's a lot of places where there's just cameras, like. You know, a lot of different technological, you know, just gizmos and gadgets yeah. that can be used.
0: You have the satellites, and you know, there are a couple of points where they do that classic zoom in and enhance
1: Enhanced.
0: thing, which is kind of funny. But for the most part, I feel like it does a pretty good job of. Maintaining some sense of realism where the surveillance, you know, the satellites have limitations, their microphones have limitations. Yeah,
1: that was a really so there's a really great sequence uh, where Will Smith meets up with Lisa Bonet in a park to talk and like his car is being tracked. He's got bugs all over him. Um, but also like the NSA team sets up as like, you know, some of them are undercover in disguise uh, and some are just in windows and whatnot. They all have these like mics and whatnot but like the the tech doesn't really work that well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's all fairly limited and so that's where it almost feels quaint by today's comparison where not only is the you know equipment hardware and software that they're using better, but we are surveilling ourselves as well.
1: No one will ever I know that there's been debunkings and whatnot of like your phone isn't actually listening to you. Um, no one will ever fully convince me that Instagram doesn't hear what I'm saying and use that to target ads. There are just
0: sometimes like, yeah, sometimes it's just coincidence. It's just confirmation bias. I understand Mm -hmm. that. Or like I
1: did do a Google search the other day or I
0: went to some website. But usually those websites, you know, when I search for, uh, camera uh, accessory on b Photo, B&H Photo has some very aggressive cookies <laughs> and they'll follow me for a couple of weeks of like, you sure you don't want to buy that thing? You sure you don't want that lens? And like, that makes sense to yeah. me. I get that. Whereas, you know, I'll, op- I'll have mentioned some random like vegetable or yeah. some product and then it will be in my feed. And it's just like, this is a little too uh, specific. Yeah.
1: I will say something about camping. Yeah in conversation and then I will get like, outdoor gear like, ads. Oh,
0: REI is having a sale. Uh, or some random weird...
1: It's yeah. It's, it's usually, usually some <laughs>
0: Instagram like, fake It's usually
1: ass. a drop shipper of yeah, some kind. Yeah.
0: 9-11 and then the Patriot Act and then the NSA just massive expansion that happened mm-hmm. over the next couple of decades really is just like, wow, they, they kind of nailed this. They
1: did. And that's why it's interesting to me. There was no sequel to Enemy of the State. They didn't turn it into a TV series. They didn't because this is critical of state surveillance. And after 9 11, you could not be critical of state surveillance. Wait. Instead, you got. 24 yep. which was about as big a celebration of the surveillance state as you could get
0: an endorsement not just of the surveillance state but of enhanced interrogation enhanced
1: interrogation all sorts of violent
0: tactics, tactics. Uh, and and there were a lot of movies like uh, movies and tv shows like homeland mm-hmm. and uh,
1: ooh yeah we don't give homeland enough shit
0: no, do we we really don't yeah i think that is a big reason why this feels even though it predicts the future in a lot of ways it also feels like a throwback coincidentally, to earlier Gene Hackman movies. Yeah,
1: absolutely. You know,
0: like The Conversation and The French Connection. Um, and I know he wasn't in this, but like Three Days of the Condor, that 70s spy thriller mm-hmm. genre, this feels very much of a piece with those movies. And that yeah. basically disappeared uh, after, after 9-11 and has never fully come back. Born is kind of a, a unique one where it is a little critical of the agency that is trying to track down Jason Bourne and kill him. Yeah. But overall, you know, this was sort of the last of its kind for at least a long time. Not just of the, you know, government critical uh, spy thriller, but of Guy in a
1: Pickle. Guy in a Pickle. And also, too, like, Regina King's character, like, literally calls the efforts of the senators trying to pass this surveillance bill she calls them fascists yeah. and she's right they did kind of predict the fascist government
0: yeah no she she does kind of nail it they and she called uh it. speaking of predicting the future she has a watchman-esque line in the
1: movie yeah you know yeah who watches the i mean she doesn't who say monitors who the monitors yeah
0: it's like oh you're the gonna monitor. go on to star in damon lindelof's adaptation <laughs> of Watchmen.
1: that's she's pretty good it's solid. Yeah, yeah. we huge Regina King fans in this household. This is
0: a pro Regina King house. We
1: love it. Her season when she's on the leftovers, it's the best. Fantastic. I just love her so much. She seems great. She's great. Hopefully not a weirdo. Probably a weirdo. Probably
0: a weirdo. Hopefully not.
1: But. Who I'll knows? never know. <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't want I don't want to meet Regina King. I just want to enjoy her work and I hope she mm-hmm. does uh many more shows and, and movies. Hell yeah. Uh you know, if they ever do an enemy of the state TV show, maybe she is the lead. That'd be fun. Mm.
1: This is very weird, but the good wife actually had a pretty long running NSA surveillance subplot. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So Unfortunately, I think this was after Tony died, but, I mean, he wasn't super involved with the show, I don't think, but I, I have to imagine that, like, there was some influence. Interesting.
0: Yeah, I didn't realize. Tony Scott died in 2012. Yeah. I really thought it was only, like, a few years ago. And he was young. He was 68.
1: Yeah, it's he It's really, wasn't,
0: really disappointing. Uh,
1: that's another where you're like, oh, he could have made some more good movies.
0: Absolutely. He absolutely could have made some some more good ones. I do actually want to watch the remake of Taking a Pelham 1, 2, 3, because ah. it's got Denzel. Who, I
1: do love Denzel. And he
0: worked with Tony Scott on several other things. But, uh, but the
1: original is so good. And that's why
0: I haven't seen it. Yeah. But, you know, I, I feel like I'm willing to give it a shot and just kind of take it as its own thing and kind yeah. of ignore the original. Because the original's still there. It'll still there. It is, it
1: is still there. Uh, where was it? It was like on HBO Max or something, wasn't Might
0: it? Be. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure where it is now.
1: It should definitely, if you're listening, go go watch it. Somehow, the original with Walter Matthau.
0: Yeah. Oh, amazing. I think. Yeah, that I thought you meant the new one. That one. Oh, yeah, no. Was on HBO Max. Yeah, uh, hopefully, for sure. Hopefully, hopefully still is. is. This Enemy of the State is currently on Amazon Prime.
1: Who knows how long <laughs> yep, that'll.
0: Yep. That'll be. But check it out if you haven't seen it since it was on TNT. It's pretty fun.
1: Yeah. I'm now. I'm really thinking about how you could turn this into a, a TV series today and have it actually be a little bit more about surveillance capitalism rather than, you know, it could be kind of a corporate espionage thing.
0: Corporate espionage and just like uh, corporations and the government working together. Also
1: that, Palantir, for Christ's sake.
0: I mean, Jesus, Facebook.
1: Yeah, like, just, regular just regular old regular Facebook.
0: Just regular old Facebook, boring old Facebook. Ooh, I kind of, the right? wheels
1: are turning. Oh,
0: I, I mean, yeah, this would actually be one of those movies where you could see a really good series coming out of this. and. The time feels right. Like it was ahead mm-hmm. of its time yeah. in 98. Yeah. And I think you could do a lot now where you could have sort of villains within the Silicon mm-hmm. Valley world, mm-hmm. within the Defense Department, the NSA, mm-hmm. kind of the tendrils of America. Yeah.
1: It could even be something like Border Patrol. You sure. Know? Yep. Someone in Border Patrol like, discovers something he isn't supposed to mm-hmm. and realizes he shouldn't have been. I, kind a border of, I do patrol. kind of want to write this oh, now. My this God, like this fun. is actually really. See, I was trying. Trying to get away from writing tech dystopia stuff, just but I just, you it back just pulls you back in because it's so interesting. It's
0: always interesting, and now's the
1: time, man. So yeah, you'll know, we'll
0: have to get on. So, so look forward to
1: that in twenty twenty nine coming or, to uh, <laughs>
0: uh, Peacock. <laughs>
1: Or HBO Max.
0: Or HBO Max. Yeah, that would. that's the one I'd want it to be on, I guess. If, yeah, if not, yeah,
1: broadcast. out of all of them, yeah. definitely.
0: The last thing I wanted to mention about this was how I came upon it and, and kind of decided we should uh, do it this week. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was on a work trip in a hotel and uh, just flipping through... Cable. Good old-fashioned cable. And lo and behold, Enemy of the State was on. There it was. And I watched the majority of it, commercials and all. And I uh, was like, oh man, this movie fucking rocks. I, I, we should watch this again. It does
1: whip. Really, Like that first hour or so is not bad. They're, like It's just like, really, the chemistry between Will Smith and Gene Hackman is so good that you're like, ah, I just wish... I, I want more of this. Yeah. I want I want earlier of this. And
0: I agree with that. Like, looking at it now, and once you said that, it was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. But that was a weird work trip where there was that night that I watched Enemy of the State, and then the next night, I went on this run of just flipping through channels, and I watched Anchorman, Wedding Crashers, and Old School.
1: So you traveled back in time to 2004? Thereabouts. 2005? Yep, yeah.
0: yep, thereabouts. And... Just went on this weird Vince Vaughn, Will Ferrell kick <laughs> uh, of movies that I loved when I was a teenager. Oh, sure. Everyone did.
1: Oh, my God. Every teen
0: boy was required Dude, to love these movies. Dude,
1: Anchorman was like... Currency. The only way people spoke was yep. through Anchorman quotes for yeah. a while. For a long time.
0: You and old school, at, even. Really.
1: Like Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Boy, Wedding Crashers Blue. was like you lock it up. Oh my god, we we did speak not exclusively in wedding crashers quotes, but like almost kind of for a while in my in my little dorm sure. suite. Oh boy. Yep. Yeah, it was like
0: Napoleon Dynamite. I Anchorman.
1: Oh, interesting. I fucking hated Napoleon Dynamite, and I couldn't. I couldn't say that. Couldn't tell anyone. I couldn't tell anyone. You gotta lock it I up. just. I just, lock it up. Lock it up.
0: <laughs> I mention that only because, like, cable still has its place. Like, where else?
1: Where else are could you gonna you just... just
0: stumble upon these movies from your past?
1: Yeah, that's why I like Pluto TV. Yeah, it, it has that kind of. Uh, you have the ability to kind of stumble across things.
0: It's sort of the closest approximation we. have have to cable mm-hmm. uh, at least in streaming yeah. right now
1: and it's free and
0: it's free you it's don't even have to sign up but like yeah well, you sure. just
1: you just download the app and that's it you know i'm sure it's feeding all your all the your viewing data yeah, but, but like I, I don't know i don't so
0: care. is everyone else right? and i have to pay them
1: frankly it's yeah that's so, fine. fine that's an acceptable man. trade yeah. in my mind uh,
0: so i don't know next time you're in a um, stay bridge by the airport
1: literally within a highway Exit ramp.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like inside the clover. Inside the clover, the clover leaf. leaf. Uh, Pretty, next, next to a chevron. Uh, I guess
1: it's better than it's better than nothing being there in terms of land use. I guess. I guess.
0: That's kind of what we've lost is the ability to just stumble upon some random movie where you're like, oh, this movie
1: rules. Oh my God. Everyone is in this movie. Yeah.
0: And I, I do remember that a little bit, but watching it again in that hotel
1: I was like, I'm sorry, Jack Seth Black? Black? Green? Seth Green? Like uh, Scott Conn. Like, who? his neck is so thick in this movie. So thick. Very weird. My final thought is like, oh wow, Jon Voight like, plays the bad government guy a lot, doesn't he?
0: he? Plays a bad government guy or just a bad bad guy in general. He was almost always a villain of some kind. Uh, speaking of giant weirdos.
1: Mm. Uh,
0: and became a real giant weirdo later he, on. He,
1: like, became the kind of guy his character... Like, I don't think he was acting. Yeah.
0: No, he just became that
1: guy. He just became the fascist, like...
0: I was thinking... I was wondering if we should watch Anaconda at some point. because It of is those, on our list. I I've watched it a bunch, but it's not good.
1: If it's one that, like... Is It doesn't have to be good, it just has to be enjoyable.
0: I worry that it's...
1: That it's not actually enjoyable.
0: Well, that it's sort of an event horizon situation where my oh, my memory yeah, of that, it...
1: That was kind of a bummer.
0: Yeah, my memory of it will not hold up. Yeah. Because it's pretty pretty janky. Uh, it's another one, though, where there's a lot of ringers in there. Yeah. So, you know, maybe once we get into the tregs a little <laughs> bit.
1: It's when we're pushing for expansion Yeah, pack.
0: like, oh, fuck it, Anaconda. Yeah, all right. So yeah. on that note...
1: So... Enemy of the State, which is not Enema of the State, the 1999 Blink 182 album that was surely inspired by this I mean, movie.
0: Of course it yeah.
1: was. <laughs> uh, it's good.
0: So go watch Enemy of the State, then go listen to Enema of the State. Have a nice 90s flashback. Oh my man. God.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then think about Cosmo.com, which is, oh, it was like a delivery service in. Oh, New, I thought it was the n- magazine. New, no, no. In New York City it was like K O Z M O or whatever. But like it was what it was like one of the first instant delivery type services. No shit. Yeah. Huh. So until next time, burn your fingertips off. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's a that's a different movie.
1: Oh, that is a different movie. You're right. Bye.